Today on the Locked On Blues podcast, it is finally time to revisit the Ryan O'Reilly trade because Tage Thompson has turned into a bona fide star for the Buffalo Sabres. I think he's at, what, 33 goals this season? Looked great in his game against the Blues the other night. A lot of people on Twitter were calling this trade an L for the St. Louis Blues, which we'll we'll get into that. Um, and then after that, we're going to be talking about the back-to-back coming up this weekend. The St. Louis Blues take on division rival Minnesota Wild, likely playoff opponent, and then likely uh, other playoff foe battling with a spot for them is the Nashville Predators, who they play on Sunday. Huge back-to-back. We'll get into all that and more. Make sure you stay tuned. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily Blues content. I'm Josh Hyman, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Thomas Welch. We got a busy episode for you guys today, starting things off talking about revisiting the Ryan O'Reilly trade because it has been in the news a lot lately as Tage Thompson continues to have his breakout season for the Buffalo Sabres. So we'll be talking about that. And then in segment two, we're going to be going into Saturday's matinee game between the St. Louis Blues and Minnesota Wild. And then in segment three, we're going to be talking about the Sunday afternoon game between the St. Louis Blues and Nashville Predators. Busy episode, busy weekend. First, I want to thank anyone and everyone out there making Lockdown Blues your first listen because we are free and available on all podcast platforms. All right, so I'm going to see if I can remember this off the top of my head, Tommy. Off the dome. Off the dome. couple seasons ago, Pierre Lebrun tweeted out four words that I really enjoyed, and it was Ryan O'Reilly to STL. And then we sat there in silence for 15 minutes awaiting a return. It's always the worst part. (laughs) I remember that vividly. Awaiting a return. Oh my God! It's gonna be. It's gonna be Robert Thomas. It's gonna be Jordan Cairo. Oh my goodness! Come to find out, just at the time, just Tage Thompson, Patrick Berglund, and Vladimir Sabotka might have been a pick in there as well. Um, at the time, seemed like an absolute heist. And then flash fast forward a season. Ryan O'Reilly's got that famous picture black background with like six different trophies in front of him. Stanley Cup, Conn Smythe, Selkie Trophy, Western Conference Championship, obviously. Seemed like one of the biggest, most lopsided trades of all time. And then all of a sudden, Tage Thompson gets a, a regular role with the Buffalo Sabres this year and decides to go for like 35 goals. Where did that come from? I mean, you saw it coming. I know we, you have a tweet from like five years ago calling I did. him the first line center. I did. But I was a big fan of Tage. The narrative has now. You have that jersey too. I do. Still in the closet. The narrative. The narrative has now somehow arisen that the Blues lost that trade. Which, first of all, before I dish to you, Tommy, I'm just gonna start with the the fact that there can be trades where nobody loses. That's the whole point of a trade, in hindsight, is both teams benefit. Tage Thompson was a guy that wasn't getting the role, his role with the St. Louis Blues, probably still wouldn't have gotten a proper role with the St. Louis Blues if he was here today. He would have had a crowded depth chart to climb up. 
And the St. Louis Blues got Ryan O'Reilly, who tied a record of Wayne Gretzky by scoring in five consecutive Stanley Cup Finals games, alongside a Selkie Trophy, alongside a Stanley Cup and Conn Smythe Trophy. St. Louis Blues couldn't have won anymore. And now all of a sudden, the Buffalo Sabres seem like they have one of the better young centers in the NHL in Tage Thompson. This can't be anything more than a win-win. And as much as, you know, you want to be bitter and go, oh, I wish we still had Tage Thompson, are we really going to sit here and and complain that the Blues gave up a center that would maybe be on the third line for them right now, all things considered? Yeah, so I I don't know if you caught it on the timeline or not, Josh, but I was fighting for my life um, trying to defend my take on this, which I haven't seen a lot of people call it uh, a potential lose for the St. Louis Blues, uh, but there has been a lot of conversation about it. So I just want to say I'm 100% with you that it's a win-win. I've seen some people say that it is a landslide victory for the St. Louis Blues solely for the reason that they ended up with a Stanley Cup. And that's where I'm like, okay, let's back up the Brinks truck just a little bit here because Tage Thompson is an absolute stud. And if if it ends up that he's like one of the leading scorers for the Buffalo Sabres franchise all time and they hang his jersey in the rafters, like just because the Blues ended up getting a Stanley Cup out of it doesn't mean you can call it a landslide. You can absolutely call it a win. And I don't think there's any scenario where this trade ends up being a loss for the Blues. But I still don't think it's a landslide. I think it worked out for both teams, like you're talking about. Um, and Ryan O'Reilly, like, just to put this in even more perspective of how this can't really be a landslide, like the last couple of years, including this one, Ryan O'Reilly's years, or Ryan O'Reilly's numbers offensively have been down, right? He's like, he's up in his 30s now and he's going to be due for uh, a new contract and free agency. And there's, there's, there's a possibility the Blues don't bring him back. And now, is that likely? Probably not to get rid of your captain again after they let Bacchus go, after they let Petrangelo go. You're going to do that again with O'Reilly? I'm not really sure, especially because I still think he can play a viable role in the bottom six if he's not scoring offensively. He can be like that Alexander Steen guy that still shuts people down, right? But that being said, like, Tage Thompson's 24, and he's got a lot of years ahead of him. And if he's scoring 30 goals consistently to the end of his career like that moves the needle a lot more in the middle for the Buffalo Sabres than initially like you were talking about when people were saying oh Doug Armstrong's done it again absolutely absolutely pulled the sheets over the Buffalo Sabres I think that narrative's kind of gone out the window and that's that's really where my head's at with this whole thing yeah and and okay I got I got two points one is is a bit of a two-part question for you Tommy to kind of dispel any sort of narrative that the Blues lost this trade in any sense first question do the Blues win a Stanley Cup without Ryan O'Reilly? No. Do the Blues obtain Ryan O'Reilly without trading Tage Thompson? No. Unless you're close trading it. Robert Thomas or Jordan Kyra instead. Close. Let's, so let's close. So yeah. let's close the book on that discussion. But here's the thing, too, that I'm wondering. Right? If the let's let's say that the Blues don't make that trade. And Ryan O'Reilly ends up not coming here, but they still have Tage Thompson. I don't think they win a Stan- I don't think they win a Stanley Cup. Like it's not as viable. But I think they're still in a good position. But like oh, you absolutely. said, but like you said, that would take a lot of things lining up and the stars aligning for Tage Thompson to get the opportunity here that he did with absolutely. the Sabres. And I don't think he really would be able to because Robert Thomas's emergence. Like right. Robert Thomas would be higher on the depth chart, so he'd get a chance before Tage. Right. And if he showed flashes and was 
absolutely lighting <clears throat> it up. Like at what point do you get Tage in there? So right. And and the other thing is, and this isn't to rip on Tage Thompson or the Buffalo Sabers, but with any NHL team, someone's got to score. You know what I mean? And I think you could take Robert Thomas and give him the role that Tage Thompson has on the Buffalo Sabres right now, and he'd be going for 100 points. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't, like I said, this isn't to rip on, on Tage Thompson and discount the year that he's having, but the Blues were able to trade a guy like Tage Thompson because they had so many other guys that could do, that could fill his role. So many guys about his age that, as we're seeing right now, Ivan Barbashev, uh, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, whatever, that, that could be that young transitional guy. I, I just, it, it was an expendable piece at the time. And as much as it would be nice to add Tage Thompson to this, to this, you know, amazing offense that the Blues have, like I said, if he were on this team right now and he continued his development, I'm not so convinced that he would have been able to play his way above Robert Thomas or Braden Shen or Ryan O'Reilly. I just, I don't see a timeline where Tage Thompson stays on this team and is able Isn't to have pigeonholed. That. Yeah, and 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 not to say that he's only having a 35 goal season because he's on the Buffalo Sabres and nobody's scoring, but sometimes it takes, you know, being on a team like that where they don't have a ton of offensive talent where you can kind of be the guy and score a ton of goals before you sort of fit into a a, a more high-powered offense, you know? I just I think Tage Thompson right now is maybe the best offensive player on on the Buffalo Sabres, close to it. Um he wouldn't be that on the blues. So he just wouldn't have the opportunity to score 35 goals. You know, maybe in, in, in four years, he'll, he'll have the potential to be the best offensive player on any team that he's on. But right now I think he's benefiting off of the fact that he's on a, a poor team and that's good for him. That's why you make a trade like that. That's the whole change of senior scenery argument is sometimes guys need to have that sort of independence on a team and, 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 Figure them, figure their individual game out before they can play with other super talented guys. Win, win, win for Buffalo, win for St. Louis, win for Tage Thompson. End See, of story. I, I feel like it's more beneficial for Tage Thompson to be like he'd get more points on a team like the Blues because they score way more goals. Like maybe uh, they're divvied up uh, among different people a lot more than it is with the Sabers. But I feel like Buchnevich is having a career year. Tarasenko's having one of his best years. Like I, I feel like all the offensive production that uh, kind of lingers around the St. Louis Blues. I mean, you could bring in you could bring in me playing center for the Blues, and I'd end up <laughs> getting five points on a night somehow by the stroke of God. You know, so it's just like I don't know. I, I get what you're saying too. When you're when you're the number one guy, and guys are just feeding you and relying on you to be uh, evidently like the point production for the entire team. Uh, you're gonna get a lot of good looks, but you're also gonna get a lot of good looks from the other team's defense too. And I think. I don't know. That is a that's an interesting dynamic. So maybe that can be the uh, YouTube question of the day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and like I said, I don't want anyone to to come away from that little end of the segment thinking that I'm trying to discount Tage Thompson's performance right. or anything like that. It's more so just like different situations are good for different players. Look at William Carlson in in Vegas. You know, he he was a third line player, gets picked up by Vegas in the expansion draft, and goes and scores forty goals. I don't think there was a single Columbus Blue Jackets fan that was bitter to see him do that. I'm so stoked that Tage Thompson is doing what he's doing over in Buffalo. You know, you can't, you can't hate something like that. The blues got a Stanley cup out of that. And now the Buffalo Sabres got something out of it because we all know that Patrick Bergel and Vladimir Saboka aren't going to have some sort of an impact. So you know what? If my team lost a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, I would want 
something to show for it. So I'm I'm happy that the Sabres aren't getting completely fleeced. As much as it was fun to laugh at and fun to make fun of, um, it's a little bit little bit more more wholesome this way. I want the Sabres to be good, honestly. Like that would yeah. be good for the league. Yeah, Buffalo hockey fans are crazy. That they area are. is so nice. I love those. I love those Buffalo home uniforms. That color pops like crazy. Owen Power looks like an absolute animal. Six foot six skates like he's like five ten. Yeah, he really locked down Vladimir Tarasenko the other night. Didn't look okay, out of place okay. at all. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Did get look, a point though. So props to the kid. I mean, that's a tall task. Yeah, but he's got. I mean. He's got a lot of potential, for sure. Anyways, that being said, we ran a little bit long on this first segment. Um, Get a little riled up about trades, I guess. Uh, That being said, we got a huge game in like less than less than twelve hours, actually. Uh, No, less than twenty-four hours, I should say. Twelve hours, six a.m. game. No, no, less than (laughs) less than twenty-four hours, I should say. Uh, Friday night, brain is is gone. St. Louis Blues take on the, I believe they're still tied in the standings, unless the Wild have played are playing today. Um, St. Louis Blues and Minnesota Wild are neck and neck in the standings. Most likely going to be meeting up in round one of the playoffs, and they play tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern in a huge matinee game. So we're going to be getting into that in the second segment. Before that, I want to tell you guys about our good friends over at Built Bar. Now, Built Bars are delicious. You've heard me talk about them all the time. Uh, and they also have a brand new uh, product called Built Puffs, which are protein-infused marshmallows. They're so delicious. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're not just a protein bar. Built Puffs and all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they're all low-calorie, high-protein. You can replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So Tommy, I was down in my uh, um, apartment lobby about 20 minutes ago, and there's a little area where people that have uh, food kits – uh, get their packages delivered, uh, and there was a huge Built Bar package sitting there. So someone here at my apartment knows about Built Bar. All right, listen to the yeah. pod. There you go. They must. They must have. They must have used code Locks fifteen because when you use code Locks fifteen at Built.com, you'll get fifteen percent off your order. Use promo code Locks fifteen for fifteen percent off at Built.com, and we'll be right back with the second segment of today's episode. All right, Tommy. So, arguments aside, hypothetical trades aside, Blues have a big game tomorrow. Maybe the biggest game since they've started. Not maybe. The biggest game since they've been on this 11-game point streak, this seven-game win streak. They're taking on the Minnesota Wild, who I... Did you confirm that we're still tied in the standings with that? Yep, still tied. Yep. Yeah. Dead even in the standings. Less than 10 games left for both teams. Huge game tomorrow. Game game one, technically, of the playoffs between these two teams because it is pretty much inevitable that these teams are going to meet up in the playoffs regard, uh, unless Nashville goes on a huge run and St. Louis or Minnesota loses out the rest of the season. These two teams are going to meet in the playoffs, more than likely, and they know that. So... Tomorrow's game is going to be a pretty big feeling out process for the way that these two, these two teams are going to match up in the playoffs. Tommy, what are you looking to see as sort of a, a trailer for this round one playoff series, more than likely? Well, I think <laughs> with the way that the Blues have been playing, they're absolutely going to bring it uh, in the first period. I think they've been talking about 
getting off to hot starts. That's something that they've been uh, adamant about on this win streak is getting on top of teams and not playing from behind. Uh, but even when they ha- have had to play from behind, they've been able to do so. So I expect the Blues to jump out on top of them, uh, kind of following the path that's paved by the Blues offense and has been, uh, especially that Buchnevich, Thomas, and Tarasenko line. I mean, like we talked about on the last pod, that's the best line in hockey, no doubt. Uh, but Minnesota's got some firepower too. Fiala is on an absolute bender right now, and Kirill Kaprizov is always dangerous. So there's some guys got to look out for over there. Thankfully, the Blues have Ryan O'Reilly to shut them down. Um, but it's absolutely, I mean, both teams know what's at stake here, and they both know that this is a massive game. So if you're looking for anything less than uh, playoff atmosphere hockey, you've come to the wrong place. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it. It's like I said, it's gonna be sort of game one of a quote-unquote eight-game series, you know, because, I mean, there's, like I said before, I, I'm totally imagining this clip being being played back when we don't play the Minnesota Wild in round one somehow, but <laughs> there's basically no way we don't play this team in round one. It's as close to locked in as it could be without it being statistically inevitable. Like, the, the Colorado Avalanche are 10 points up on both the Blues and the Wild, and then the National Predators are about like I think eight points back of both these teams. It's it's gonna happen, and these teams know that is the thing. You know they're not maybe they're not checking it as much as like you and I are, Tommy, or like people at home are. But someone in both of these organizations has looked at the standings in the past week and goes, "Huh, this Saturday's game is gonna be a be a big one." So not only have the Blues been playing playoff, you know, intensity hockey the last few weeks few games whatever they're now going to be playing playoff intensity hockey um in a way that we'll probably see repeated in about two weeks against this very same team in the minnesota wild and i guess my question for you is do you think that the way that the blues have been playing is one-to-one with what they're going to look like in the playoffs or you think there's still a little bit of ramping up to do <laughs> so here's a funny story about that actually one of my buddies uh ran into craig baruby at the Frontenac Starbucks this morning and was talking this to him morning this morning and was talking to him about the team. Um, and Craig Berube said, yeah, they're rocking and rolling right now, but just wait. Uh, Cause they got something else coming. So evidently there's something else left in the tank that Craig Berube thinks these guys are still not playing to their full capacity, which I mean, playoffs are a completely different beast like you're talking about. But I mean, the blues have had, minnesota's number for a hot minute now i mean you could date back to the um three seasons the winter classic you can date all the way back to three seasons it's like 11 0 and 1 in their last like 12 meetings or something ridiculous i don't know don't fact check me on that but every time it doesn't even matter like even going back to last season like minnesota was a much better team than we were um in terms of standings in terms of like point production and goal totals all of that stuff and we were struggling and sputtering all season yawn but all season long, but every time we played them, we came away with a dub. And I feel like that that has to play into this somehow, right? Like even if um, the Blues go into the game and they start going down or whatever, like there's always that confidence in the back of your mind that it's like, oh, we'll be fine. It's the wild, you know, like we always beat them. And maybe that's how, that's probably how like Minnesota views us is like how we viewed Chicago for so long. It's like, God, it doesn't matter like what we do when it comes to playoff time. Like we just cannot beat this team until the Troy Brower goal. So it bring could, it back to that. 
that Jake Allen series where he pretty much single-handedly stole the show against the Wild. They won in like, what, five? Six, maybe? I think it was five. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's... I think that's honestly a pretty good comparison. I don't think the the playoff matchups are quite as plentiful as the St. Louis-Chicago thing was. Um, But, hey, that's why we have this bogus wildcard thing anyways to facilitate these non-existent divisional rivalries. So who knows? Maybe we got the start of one. Maybe Colorado is going to consistently be the the head honcho of this division, and St. Louis and, and Minnesota are going to be two and three for years to come. But I mean, yeah, it, the teams match up really well. I think they have a very similar style of play, which is going to make for, which would make for a very interesting playoff series. Um, and like I said, I think tomorrow is going to be as close to what Game One of the Stanley Cup playoffs is going to look like that you could get in the regular season. You know, I think there's a there's definitely a part of both of these teams that are going to be approaching it like that and going in with maybe let's not show our full hand because we're going to be seeing these guys again in a few weeks. So that sort of ramping up that you're talking about, not to say that the Blues are going to lay off or anything like that, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them focus a little bit more on the matchups, a little bit more on the on like the nitty gritty, the X's and O's. Um, and, 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 you know, really, really focus on exploiting the Wild's weaknesses should be fun. Um, that being said though, the Blues also have a game on Sunday. So in this third and final segment, we're going to kind of combine the two and Tommy, we're going to introduce a brand new segment. And I'm going to ask you for your locked on player of the weekend, because back to back games kind of combined into one because they're both division rivals. And if things go real poorly for the Blues, we could be looking at a bit of an uphill battle to get home ice advantage in the playoffs. So big, big weekend for the Blues. We're going to be getting into that. Now, I made the bold claim that if the Blues come away with uh, a continued point streak after this weekend, if they earn points in both of these games, that this team would be Western Conference Finals bound. Um, and if you think I might be right, you got to put your money where your mouth is and check out betonline.net because betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. We'll be right back to wrap up today's episode. All right, Tommy. So these these uh, early early afternoon ish games are always tough for hockey teams. Uh, whenever you're not playing, you know, at like seven o'clock, eight o'clock, it's always a little bit of a, a, a shock to the system. Blues are doing that on Saturday. They're playing at three p.m. Eastern. Uh, is that you know? Um, and then Sunday, they're doing the same thing, playing around dinner time, six p.m. Eastern. So two. Uh, abnormally scheduled games that are going to throw off the uh, the routines of the players, and also two games against division rivals that have huge, huge playoff implications. The Blues can come away with this weekend with a four-point advantage on home ice advantage in the first round, or they could be four points back of securing home ice advantage in the first round, or maybe two, only two points back. I'm not sure if Minnesota plays two games as well, but either way, we're going to have a... Yeah, so we're going to have a very clear um, outlook on the playoffs on Monday, where the Blues are, who the Blues are playing, but also if they're starting out at home or on the road. And the Blues have been a very good team at home this season. Struggled a little bit on the road. So big implications. That being said, Tommy, we don't really have a ton of time to talk about the national game uh, in isolation, but I, I think, think it's sort of... For the record. Against Nashville? 
I think they're going to empty the tank. Well, also, Bennington is going to be back in net. I don't think he's going to be a problem, but I, I I don't know if he's built up enough momentum yet to where he provides the impact that Billy Huso does, uh, even though he's I think he's getting there for sure, and we know what he's capable of in a Stanley Cup run. Um, but I think the Blues, uh, like you alluded to, know that their home record is really good and know that they want to be at home and have home ice advantage uh, if throughout the playoffs. And so they're going to prioritize the Minnesota game, empty the tank in that game, uh, and then it being a back-to-back against the Predators. Like, the Predators are a good team. They're going to take advantage of a back-to-back matchup against a-, a Blues team that is probably going to be gassed after giving it everything they got against the Wild. So I'm going to go one-on-one split in this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's, that's a pretty logical scenario. I think, like I said, if you, if you treat Saturday like a playoff game, we know how hard guys play in the playoffs. Uh, to to come around and play, twenty seven hours later, is is a very tall task, um, especially against a team as good as Nashville, a team that you know is in your division, um, knows how you play, knows your strengths, knows your weaknesses. Blues definitely have their work cut out for them, um, but I would argue, like I said, that ex- exactly for the reasons that you said, the Blues will probably lose. If the Blues somehow come out of this earning points in both games or even earning wins in both games invincible yeah that's huge yeah like like they should absolutely do exactly what you said and empty the tank against minnesota and then probably lose to nashville because that's logical you know you, you can't win every game and if there's a game to empty the tank against uh a game to empty the tank in it's a three o'clock afternoon game against a playoff opponent that is tied with you in the standings with less than 10 games to go in the regular season that is textbook definition empty the tank 110 percent and then punt sunday but the flip side of that is also if the Blues offense is as good as we say it is, what's stopping them from putting up five goals on Saturday, five goals on Sunday, and come out of this weekend 2-0? You're not wrong. You know? So Okay, yeah. so here's my question for you, Josh. Is Obviously, I think we're both on the same page that Robert Thomas has been the MVP for this second half of the Blues season all season. Mm-hmm. All, but like this whole stretch of games, this win streak, he's just been a nightmare on Elm Street pretty much for anyone trying to guard him. Tarasenko as well. So let's say outside of Vladimir Tarasenko and Robert Thomas, who who should be your locked on players of the weekend, who I'm is your you locked asked. on players of the weekend besides those I'm, guys? I'm glad you asked. Um I'm going with a guy that got a lot of praise through us uh, from us throughout the season and has kind of taken a back seat as the defense as a whole has kind of come to its form, and that is Justin Falk. Um Justin Falk has had consistently one of the the best seasons for anyone on the St. Louis Blues defense. Um, And we've seen it a lot recently in games where the Blues have really been given up a lot of opportunities. He has a tremendous uh, awareness with his stick in the defensive zone, uh, especially on the the penalty kill. He does a really, really good job of of taking advantage of opportunities um, to sort of get in the passing lane and stuff like that. And I think Justin Falk is going to be sort of the the 1B defenseman for the St. Louis Blues in terms of being relied on as that guy uh, behind Colton Pareko. But I think he's relied on a little bit more than Pareko in the sense that he's also been contributing offensively. And with both the Minnesota Wild and the Nashville Predators, I think these games are so even, that these teams are so even, that it's going to really rely on what can push that needle just a little bit more. And if I'm the Minnesota Wild, I've scouted Robert Thomas. I've scouted Vladimir Tarasenko. I've scouted Ryan O'Reilly. I know what to expect. But what you're not expecting 
is Justin Falk sort of creeping down that back door for that one timer that he's kind of patented so much. He scored like three or four goals off of that in the past two weeks, not to mention his play in the defensive zone. So I think it's going to kind of come down to those third and fourth stars, the guys that you don't game plan for as much, the guys that you kind of, that aren't on your radar. And I think Justin Falk is a great example. I also want to give a shout out to Nick Letty. He had this one play in that last game where the, the, um, who'd we, who'd we play last? The Buffalo Sabres had like a two on one where he kind of made a turnover and then he, he sprinted back and broke up the shot like right after, uh, right before they got the shot off. Just Flawless tremendous league. play. Um, Nick Letty, huge shout out, but Justin Falk's my lockdown player of the weekend, but I kind of want to give it to that whole sort of defenseman not named Colton Pareko because I think it's going to really come down to those guys to to push the needle a little bit past where it's going to be. That's funny that you say that because uh, my lockdown player of the weekend is Colton Pareko. Hey, <laughs> um, because I, I think, almost went with him. So I, I think he's had a strong second half of the season, but... Um, from what we've seen this season with Colton Pareko, you really get like one of two guys. Uh, one version of him, he's breaking pucks out of the zone, uh, skating like an like an absolute horse, using his stride to his advantage, protecting pucks, uh, patrolling the blue line, being physical, winning those board battles. Uh, and the other version of him is a little bit more passive and less engaged. And I think uh, against teams like Minnesota and against teams like Nashville that are in your division that are playoff hungry, uh, you can absolutely be exposed in those areas if Pareko shows up and is a little bit more passive than uh, the alter ego of him, I guess. Uh, so I'm looking for a strong game from Pareko, and if uh, Pareko has a strong game, Robert Thomas continues to be absolutely on fire. Vladimir Tarasenko continues to be playing out of his mind hockey uh and Buchnevich is there to hold down the fort as well as as well as the rest of the offense uh I think the chips will fall in the Blues direction and they'll come away with a dub there you go there you go yeah I mean it's gonna be a very telling weekend especially tomorrow I'm really looking at tomorrow's game as a, a big indicator of uh can the Blues you know, just flip that switch and turn on playoff intensity. Maybe we'll get a little bit of a sense of that extra gear that Craig Ruby was alluding to this morning in the coffee shop. Coffee shop? I'm not Coffee shop. With Starbucks. The... Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Starbucks in Frontenac. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. 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 Dude, You're not familiar that with Starbucks. <laughs> I, I heard... Well, you said some town that I had yeah, never heard I know. Of. I'm just kidding. So that, that, threw me, that threw me for a loop. <laughs> I, this, the whole Starbucks part kind of just went in in one ear and out the other. I just heard you say a collection of syllables. I'm like, what? Eh? <laughs> so, anyways. That being said, I think that's all the time we got for you guys today and all the time we got for you guys this week. When we talk to you again, it will be Monday and we will have a, a pretty good idea of the Blues playoff picture because huge games this weekend, like we've said a million times on this episode so make sure you guys are subscribed to whatever podcast platform you're listening to that way on monday when we're having probably a pretty visceral reaction to the to the weekend slate of games you'll be the first ones to know because i'm sure we're gonna gonna have some heated opinions one way or it'll the other. be electric one way or the other i'll tell you that much. look we've had a we've had a real solid string of positivity laced episodes the positive vibes are immaculate I would really like to to be able to sit down Monday's episode when I'm coming up with a title and have it be another positive headline. Uh, Because I I didn't like those negative ones. Not at all. 
I'm, I'm, li I'm liking this new trend. So fingers crossed we can keep that up for Saturday and Sunday's games. That being said, the only way you'll find out our reactions is by hitting that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We are back on YouTube with this episode. Took a day off yesterday, but back in action. More crystal clear than ever. Subscribe to us there. Hit that notification bell. Leave a comment down below. Follow us on all our socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok at LockedOnBlues. Follow me on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Follow Tommy at TWalter15. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.